Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 246. I talk with pastors every week, sometimes several a day, all across America, from California to North Carolina, from the Midwestern states to Florida. And one of the reasons is because many of the pastors I know know that I have pastored larger churches, smaller churches, rural churches, inner city churches, and that I have dealt with a lot of hurt and sorrow and brokenness over the years. There's hardly anything that has happened in a local church that in some way or another I have not experienced or walked through. And so I am a broken man in many ways, and so many of the pastors feel comfortable with me now to come to me and to say, I know that uh, you've been in the ministry a good while, and have you ever experienced anything like this? Because sometimes when you're hurting, you think that you're the only one hurting, but there is nothing that has happened to any pastor that has not happened to many pastors before them. And so I want to speak to pastors, staff members, and to church members and family members today. Because we have a lot of hurt, misunderstanding, confusion in the pulpits of America. And I truly believe what is ailing the church today is poor leadership, lack of biblical leadership. It's true in every area of life. So goes the leadership. So goes whatever it is that that leader is associated with. For instance, you have a strong leader in a family, you usually have a strong family. If you have a strong leader in a church, a biblical-minded biblical preaching, teaching pastor that's loving and kind, you're probably going to have a strong church. The same thing is true in the secular world, whether it is a city, a community, uh, whether it is a state or a nation. So goes the leadership, so goes the entity. And so what I want to talk about today in this podcast is to try to get us to look biblically at the role of the pastor and what we call a pastor and to look at maybe be getting back to more of a biblical concept of fulfilling that role, and that's going to take a lot of breaking of tradition. And change is hard. Change is hard in any aspect of life because we get into our routines. The only thing truly that is constant in this life as far as a human perspective is change. Times come, times go. And this is why I tell every pastor, you're nothing more than an interim. If you stay 50 years at a place, after 50 more years, many people will not ever remember who you are. They'll certainly not know your name. And many times pastors put their entire life into a church and they think, okay, People will remember me. They'll have a bronze bust of me. They will have my picture on the wall. They will till they build a new building, and then your picture's gone. The reality is that generations come and go, and out of sight is out of mind. And that's okay, because you see, the one that we're living for and working for is eternal, and he sees it all. He knows it all. So, men of God, we need to remember who we're working for and who we're working with, and that is God Almighty and the Holy Spirit who lives within us, and He sees it all. 
But for the church members, I want you to help the pastors because the pastors have difficulty with this. Over the years, I've gone in somewhat as a troubleshooter. I know what many of you who know me say, well, you need to troubleshoot your own life. Well, certainly I do. And I examine my life before God on a daily and many times hourly basis. I know that I'm not anyone to be talking with anyone else except that I know what the Word of God says in these areas. And the Word of God is the paradigm, not Tony Crisp or anyone else that you know, because not only are my feet and my toes clay, my legs are clay, my body's clay, I am a broken vessel, I am a clay pot, and that's okay, but I hope that you'll listen to me, because this clay pot has been broken, and God's put me back together many times, and He has a plan and purpose for our lives, and our churches are just not doing what we need to do, and we're not making the impact on America as the church once did, because we're living in a different culture in a different time. We're living in a truly godless America. We're living in an America that has turned its back on biblical values. What used to be popular is now unpopular. What used to be praised is uh, now cursed. And that is related to anything biblical, anything that is absolute biblical truth, anything that many of us would say is of a good moral value system. All of that is being replaced with humanism, with relativism, with postmodernism, and we are seeing the demise of our culture in front of us. But we're getting back to the days like it was during the days of the Roman Empire. That gives me great hope in the sense that the most powerful time of the church in world history was during that same empire when it was outlawed and when the church of Jesus was not in the majority rule in the government, but it was in the minority rule. As a matter of fact, it was outlawed altogether because when the church is depending on the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit of God to bring about results and not our ingenuity and not all of our fanfare and marketing, all of a sudden, God begins to move and get in on our lives personally and corporately as a church. And part of what we have got to regain is the proper outlook of the role of the pastor. We have now a class of professional clergy, and I'm not condemning any of this. I'm just stating the facts as they are. And many uh, young men now that I talk with, because of their own admission, I can say this. They are in the ministry because they chose to go in the ministry. That doesn't mean that God hasn't called some of them, but he's not called all of them because the call is not even a part of their consideration. They chose to go into the ministry as a vocation for different reasons. When I have gotten below the surface, many thought because it would be a, a nice life and you could retire early and you wouldn't have to punch a clock and, and there was not the accountability that there would be in other professions. And quite honestly, there's a lot of laziness in the pastorate today because men get real comfortable and they begin to believe that the churches owe them something. And because of that, there is an entitlement mentality in the American pastor that I have never seen before. And we've got to get out of that. Both lay people and pastors are going to have to snap to attention to this or the church of Jesus is going to be ruined to the core in American culture as it is. And so I want to talk to you really about the role of the church and specifically the role of the pastor. First of all, let's deal with the role of the pastor. And that may be all that I get through even just partway this first podcast 
podcast dealing with this. There are three words that are used to describe the office of a pastor. And some of you have heard me teach this before. Just uh, let me go through this and maybe it'll be a refresher for you. But there are three terms that are used for the same office, not three separate offices, as many denominations and many would say, uh, not a hierarchy, but it's uh, three words that are used interchangeably. You can't get away from that. And I'll show you one of those in the text. For instance, in Acts chapter 20, you have all three words used simultaneously interchangeably in the same chapter referring to the same people and primarily to the same office. There are only two offices of leadership in the Bible. There is the office of what we would call an American in the West, the pastor. Now, I'll come back to that. And the other is the deacon. When we look at the New Testament, the word pastor is more of an English word that's used to describe what many would call the lead elder in the church. But the three words that are used is, first of all, the word presbyteros is the word for elder. And it is used many, many more times over than any other word. And what it does is describe the office of true respect and leadership. What the, it came right out of the Tanakh. It came right out of the Older Testament simply because this is what the leaders of Israel were called. They were called the elders of Israel. They were the people that made the decisions. They were the ones that were responsible for the nation. They were the ones that were the wise sages. They were the ones that had some years and experience and learning behind them. Now, anybody can be a pastor. You don't have to have any training. You don't have to be older. You don't just, uh, you want to do something, you can do it. That's kind of the American way. But that's not the biblical way. And just because we do something in America doesn't make it right and the paradigm by which we are judged. The word elder has to do with an older person. And the reason that was used is because uh, there needed to be some maturity if you're going to lead the church of Jesus Christ. And I can tell you from my personal experience, I started pastoring way too young. Now, God was gracious and merciful to me as he is to many. I was uh, 22 years old when I started pastoring. Karen and I were just kids, and we had a wonderful church in Oklahoma that was so kind and generous and godly to us. They listened to my ranting and raving and lunacy at times, and they were so kind and gentle to us and merciful and gracious and took us in like children. I guess that's what they looked at me as, and it helps me now to understand, looking back, why I got some of the looks of pity from some of the older men because they knew that I was splitting my own pants. I'm just saying sometimes we put people into positions that don't need to be in positions. Oh, as Colin says, they may be needing to be on the bus. They just don't need to be in the driver's seat. There is that concept of an elder being a seasoned leader. And God knows that's what we need in our churches today is seasoned leadership. We need some kind of mechanism of mentoring and training in co-ops. All of my children, all of my children had to do co-ops, internships, had to work with people. And almost in every aspect of our life today, whether you're going to be a plumber, a pipe fitter, a steel worker, a doctor, a dentist, a nurse, or whatever the case is, you have to do some kind of cooperative where you're out in real life experience, what we would call clinicals, whether you're going to be a, a counselor, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, anything except a pastor of a church. And you don't have to work with anyone. All you need to do is just show up 
up and make sure you preach a good sugar stick and somebody in the church likes you and likes your enthusiasm and zeal, and hey, you're in, especially if you've got a good recommendation by someone that is respected, and that happens all the time. And again, there's nothing wrong with that method in itself, but the fact is that there could be a better way to do it. But I know my oldest son, who is a businessman, he had to do a cooperative his senior year in college. He had to pay his way. Nobody paid him to do this. He had to drive to where he was going, pay the gas money. He had to work for free in various areas of business so that he could learn how to do it with people who were wiser and older than he was. My daughter, who is a BSN, works in an operating room. She had to do clinicals in every kind of rotation. Those of you who are in the medical field, you know exactly what she was doing. One of the reasons she wanted to go to Union University is so that she could do her pediatrics at St. Jude's, which I believe is the best children's hospital in America. I was glad for her to do that, but she had to drive to Memphis. Nobody paid her to do that. She had to pay her own way. She had to do everything. I'm just telling you, this is in every area of life. My youngest son was in aerospace, and you know what it takes to um, rent planes, and that wasn't part of the package when you signed in for the curriculum. And all I'm saying is, Hours and hours and hours and days and weeks and months were spent in clinicals, in apprenticeships, in training. That's in every area except ministry. We've lost our minds to think that we can just put someone out and just because they have theory, just because they have a PhD or a THD, a doctor of theology or a doctorate in education, This is insane to put them in the leadership in the church without seasoning and mentoring with other people. It's just not God's way. It's not God's way in the family. It's not God's way in the family that he calls the church. It's not in any area of life. Can you imagine a teacher just studying about teaching and never having to do, quote, practice, end quote, teaching? Well, it would scare you to death. It's scary enough the way it is to go before uh, the children and your peers and do lesson plans and stuff. But it's got to be more than theory. Can you imagine a dentist? who's only studied about pulling teeth and filling teeth and has never <laughs> has never actually <laughs> has done it hands-on. I mean, this is comical. Think about that. I mean, that's frightening. Hi, how are you? I'm, you know, I've read about this in the book, but, you know, you're my first patient. I've never done this before. I want to tell you there's going to be some jaw-dropping, not just from the anesthesia, but, <laughs> I mean, some people are going to run out. Can you imagine a pilot getting on the plane and say, well, Folks, here it goes. I did well in the simulator, but I've never done this before. And so here we go. Giddy up. Well, I'm telling you, people are going to be bailing off that plane. Emergency doors are going to be flying open. The chutes are going to be coming out. Why? Because nobody wants to get up in the air with someone who has never flown a real plane before. Well, this is what we're doing in the churches of Jesus. We're putting people out because uh, Dr. Smellfungus said that they were a good guy and that you need to have them. And it's just because it's something somebody that whose son that they know or something this is this is insane we've got to stop this stuff so the first word that's used in relationship to the role of what we call a senior pastor a lead pastor is the word presbyteros 
It's where we get the word Presbyterian, of course, because the Presbyterian style of government is led by presbytery, a group of elders that make the decisions for the church. Now, we're going to come back to this because I'm already 16 minutes into this, but we're going to come back to this and look at this at a um, more focused light. But the first term that we need to get familiar with in terms only introduce us to concepts. The concept of the elder is senior leadership, seasoned leadership. Don't forget that while we walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.